Welcome to another episode of Life's 3x5's podcast. Liz and Tim have created the ideal conversation formula for them. Everything begins with what's on a 3x5 index card. It can be anything and it can go anywhere in 30 minutes or so. If allowed, they can somehow magically become connected by a single word. And now, today's unscripted and unpredictable conversation between two longtime radio friends from a remote location with Liz Wilder and Tim Larson. It is so cold in here, I think we need to break up some furniture and start a fire. I was thinking you could hang meat in here. It's like a meat locker. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. I know. If I feel we, like I'm in a meat locker. Yeah, if know. we kept describing exactly how it feels in here without telling people where we were, I don't know that they would ever guess. No, you would not. You, you would think not. think about that. We're in downtown Chicago, if you want to give a little hint like that. And we're inside a building, <laughs> not outside. We are inside a building. But they have not decided to turn on the heat, you know, some kind of a master control that they can't yeah. get to yeah. until October 23rd, which is a week from now. Yeah, so we're, we're sniffling and we're chilly and we're rubbing yeah. our hands together. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> how, much, how much do you want to give away? <laughs> well, you've already told them some. Let's, yeah. just, let's tell them where we are. We are in the old WGN studio that Wally Phillips and Bob Collins and Spike O'Dell and, and Roy. Roy Leonard and all those people came in and out of that studio at the showcase studio when you walk down michigan avenue at the tribune tower uh-huh. you could look in the window and you could see these guys doing wgn radio shows at this studio Ooh, it was on michigan avenue do yeah. you remember that only yeah. the place that it is now is not on michigan avenue yes we are at the museum of broadcast communications and oh my god Gosh, is it the best? I walked in and my mouth was open like you would not believe. I was like, oh, wow, wow, wow. A huge, beautiful picture of Hedy Lamar yeah. is right there front and center. Plus, when you get off the elevators to get to go to the museum, transistor radios. Unbelievable the amount over of models. The place. Liz was such a jaw-dropping gawker. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really paid that much attention to her because everybody's gawking at what I we're seeing know, in here. Everybody is, and it's amazing. Yes. We are actually inside the Paul and Angel Harvey studio at the museum. Right. And it's spacious, and it's really nice, and it's so cool, and it's got a board from the 1960s. Oh, my God. And it's got WGN on the board that yes. I'm actually touching right now. It's so cool. And you've got the old board behind you that was man cows. Yes. That is so phenomenal. Yeah. So I got a little bit of the, the info that I took from the signage. You know, I'm big on taking those pictures about. The genealogy of this back dates back to May 19th, 1922. Are you kidding me? Nope. On that date, WDAP, which was owned by Midwest Radio Central Incorporated, that was the first licensed by the Secretary of Commerce to operate with the most power than allowed, which was only 1,000 watts. Oh, you're kidding me. No! You know, I did my first part-time job, part-time ever in radio, at a 100,000-watt station. Oh, that gives yeah. you a perspective. Tell me about it. Yeah. Well, anyway, a year later, WDAP was purchased by Chicago Board of Trade and then subsequently by the uh, Whitestone Company, which is the owner of the Drake Hotel mm-hmm. in Chicago. From the Whitestone Company, the Tribune acquired WDAP in 1924, and that's when the call letters were changed to WGAP. 
WGN. Wow. WGN, for those people that are not familiar and not maybe necessarily from the Midwest, WGN is world's greatest newspaper. Which, I didn't realize that. Which is it's the Chicago oh, Tribune. Tribune. Yeah. Yes. And so there's a lot of those three call letter radio stations that actually represent something, regardless of whether it's Cincinnati or uh, Los Angeles or wherever. Right. But if you look up some of the history, it's like, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I wonder what WLS is. World's largest store. Oh, see, you did know that. How cool is that? And that was the uh, Sears and Roebuck, if you remember that. Sears and Roebuck. Oh, I did totally forget about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was wild. Some of these things sort of fade out of my memory after a while because you knew it. But, you know, it's just, it's too much to put in there. But I'll tell you, we got refilled today. Oh, we so came, cool. We came back in here, and you see the Bozo Circus and the WGN TV9 cameras. Mm-hmm. And then you see Dr. Demento, and then you see Oprah Winfrey. And then you open up into this gigantic room, which is celebrating radio's 100th anniversary. Yep. And they take you literally through the genealogy of radio, not necessarily... Not specifically to us, to yeah, the Midwest. Yeah, not yeah. specifically to the Midwest, yeah. but just in general. Right. And you could spend easily, you could spend six hours in here reading stuff. because <laughs> they And the technology interaction. You know how Al Roker and um, Dylan Dreyer, they tap the screen on yes, the Today Show. I got to do that. That's exactly what this is. So you can pick the year and pick the artist, and you can play a record, and you can play a video, and it's it's all touchscreen, and it's 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 really cool. I think this is amazing. I got to actually look at one. We were talking about Hedy Lamar. She's the actress born in 19, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, way back when, but... And she, she passed in 2000. I don't okay. know if you knew that or not. No. Um, she was actually an Austrian-born actress, and she's beautiful, actually beautiful. Yeah. I think she was in a lot of the silent movies and things, too. Yeah. And, you know, the big eyes. Yeah. And she had that, that look. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was gorgeous. She had that look way before Betty Davis. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. She was gorgeous. Well, she was also, quote, unquote, the mother of Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, GPS, and satellite technology thanks to radio waves, which I did not realize this. She was a lifelong inventor and a composer, and she devised a system to modulate radio-controlled torpedo signals, resulting in the frequency-hopping uh, spread-spectrum technology called FHSS. Come on. And guess how she was inspired? By a piano player role. You know that those yes. roles, those piano player roles? Yeah. Essentially, it just what happened is those radio signals basically broke down the enemy ship's ability to jam a torpedo guidance. And it was told to the, the Navy, but they initially dismissed it and then shelved it. But once they rediscovered it, they basically made that into the wireless technology now that it is today. And it's integral in um, the military usage worldwide wow isn't that crazy hedy lamar she was actually an inventor unbelievable that she would have that much in her head and talent and good looks and i mean she's well they told her they were saying you know stay away from inventing you don't need to invent you you would do better raising money (laughs) raising bonds and she's like okay fine well she raised 25 million dollars in bonds oh my yeah well, yeah. because she had the look and She's the personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Wow. You know, we've yeah. mentioned this before what? with us being former radio people and actually uh-huh. sort of current radio people to a certain degree. You know, I'm Sky 7. You right, do right. Um, imaging. 
But when you walk into a place like this, where you are just immersed in all these great people, I want to say this phrase again. Okay. That we stand today in the shadows of true radio pioneers. We hope to cast some kind of a small shadow for those behind future microphones whom we will never, ever meet. Mm-hmm. But somehow, if we can inspire, and we, I mean anybody, not just radio, you and I, radio, yeah. yeah, if we can inspire somebody else to get behind a microphone on any level, it could be a podcast, it could be a broadcast, it could be sportscasting, it could be a variety of things. Telling stories. Yes, if somehow that plants a seed that will germinate later on and grow a tree we'll never sit under, then, man... So who was the guy that told you never stop? Who was it that was? Paul Harvey. Oh, it was Paul Harvey. It was Paul Harvey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He he got in the elevator with us one time, and he goes, where are you guys going? I said, well, I'm going up to WLS, which was the floor above him. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, no, no matter who you run into, no matter who you talk to, never let them say give up. Just never, ever, ever give up. And then he left the elevator, and he turns around, and he says, good day. Oh, and so cool? now here we are sitting in in his studio in the Paul Harvey studio uh, at the Museum of Broadcast Communications, which yeah. I just find it so fascinating. <laughs> you know, and then I'm looking at the wall of, of people that are already mm, what's the word inducted. Inducted. I want to say indicted always. You can start. Well, oh my God, that might yeah, be that the would case. be in trouble. That would be in trouble. That but might... inducted into the Hall of Fame, <laughs> and I'm seeing folks that used to be at WROK with us. Well, actually, before me was Kathy Hart, because I took her spot, and after me was Eric Ferguson, and they are in the Hall of Fame also. Oh, my. Isn't that cool? And they both worked at WROK at one point in time. Wow. You know, you were looking at uh, John Records Landecker. I just love that guy. Who, you know, WLS, and now he's doing nights on WGN. Right Right. next to him was Jonathan Brandmeier. I know. And I... I mentioned to you, and I got this wild-eyed look. I go, you know, I met Jonathan Brandmeier at at a radio station. And he worked at WYBR, which now the mall is celebrating their 50th year coming up in the next month. In WYBR is in Rockford, Illinois. Well, WYBR was. Oh, was. Now, now it's it's different. It's WXRX. Oh. But WYBR was the Yellow Brick Road, and you started at Center Court at the Cherryvale Mall, and here is this yellow brick road in the in, like the, the, in the floor. Like the yeah. Wizard of Oz. That led you right to the radio station. Oh, cool. Yes. So they're celebrating uh, their 50th anniversary coming up next month. So, of course, they're looking for old pictures and old articles and old this and yeah. old that. Well, there's a friend of mine, Clinton Wooden, that worked at uh, Master Control at TV 13 WREX. And he was also doing uh, weekends and overnights at WYBR. Well, I was doing an overnight shift on WROK, so we talked to each other, and he says, hey, why don't we just meet after the shift and go to breakfast? Oh, super, he yeah. Goes, he goes, meet me over at the mall. I said, okay. So I went in the back door, and of course, he's showing me the automation, all the That's wheels, so cool. and all this yeah. stuff. And who came in to do the morning show was Jonathan Brandmeier. How fun! Yeah, and oh that, my God, and how that, fun! That was his launch. I mean, that's way before he went to KZZP in Phoenix, yeah, or back to WGN or any of the other stuff that he did during his career. But um, you know, of course, I 
it's just another John to me at the time. Right, right. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it is. It just sort of exploded. I wonder so. if Sky Drysdale realizes this because he worked at, at WYBR also. He worked at WYFE. Oh, YFE, YFE. Yeah. I know it was Y something or other. Yeah, it was all yeah. before me. Yeah. That's all I knew. He worked He worked at WYFE, which, okay. which is also WKKN at the time. Ah, now they're all okay. down on Sandy Hollow. But if you've gone to the Aldine Golf Course, yes, right across the street where the driving range is, that's where the radio station was. Oh, I didn't realize that. And out on Reed Farm Road, if Reed Farm Road doesn't tell you that it's out in the middle of God knows where. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> no, because not anymore because Aldine Golf Course used to be a dairy farm. Oh, I didn't so realize that. So it was that. way out there, way out there. Now it's kind of like in the middle of area. It, yeah, it is. It's sort of weird. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Now, I encourage everybody to go to RadioHallOfFame.com. Okay. Let me preface this: We're in downtown Chicago, right? But it does not matter where you live. Mm-hmm. You are going to see people that you recognize the name and you know through television because they were in radio previously mm-hmm. and no matter if you're in los angeles or new york you're going to see people that you recognize because this is a nationwide radio hall see, of fame. i didn't realize that when i walked in i was thinking it was just chicago just mm-hmm. illinois no but that's yeah because no. i saw delilah i mean i've i met delilah network many a times yeah, she's Del- Glenn Beck was in there on the Hall of Fame. Yes. His picture is there too, yeah. and Neil Rogers. Yes. I mean, a bunch of different people that I I was like, what's Sean Hannity doing here? He's not from Illinois. Is he from Illinois? And then I find out, no, it's not. Yeah, Vin Scully and all. Yeah, these people. yeah, yeah. So like, and Buck. So here's the, here's Jack Buck. Jack Buck. Yeah, not Buck Owens. No, oh, I, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> when Jack you just Buck. say Buck, it's like, oh, who do you think? Yeah, of? sorry, Jack Buck. Uh, so I went to the RadioHallOfFame.com, and they go into an area tab which is inductees. Okay. And by alphabetical order, you've got all these people that have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, if you come across a name like Mel Allen and you go, I'm not familiar with Mel Allen, you click on his name and, of course, there's his picture and there's everything about him. Oh, wow. Yeah, they really do the technology well. Speaking of Mel Allen, do you know the name at all? I don't. He was a sportscaster in the stadium for, for, who? for the New York Yankees. Oh, my friend Jeff Dorsey would have said, yes. Liz, I can't yeah. believe you don't know that. Yeah. Now, with me not being anywhere near New York City, it's like, well, how would I know that? Yeah. It's because Mel Allen was the voice every Saturday for the TV show that was called This Week in Baseball. Oh. And they did highlights. Any or all of the games, whatever, whatever happened in the game that was TV worthy, he would do the announcing. And he had such a distinctive voice. Oh, wow. And sort of, I sort of grew up with that voice having been nowhere near New York. Huh. That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm seeing some of these pictures on the walls that I just couldn't believe. Kim Commando. (laughs) I love her. She's a Harry Carey. Yeah. Oh, baseball. Harry Carey. I I just can't not think about him. I know. And you know what's funny about that is because the plaque, the picture was a little fuzzy. Well, yeah, that's a very appropriate for Harry Carey because <laughs> Harry, Harry was always a little fuzzy. And he had those thick glasses. Yeah, and all. yeah. yeah. Thanks Harry to old style beer. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little Harry Carey. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great to go here? We're going to pay you this much. Yeah, just talk about what you see in front of you in the baseball field <laughs> and drink all the beer you, you want. want. And he did. And then 
When you're about three quarters of the way through, why don't you just stand up and sing a song and see if anybody sings along with you? That's too funny. And here, we'll pay you this much. Hey, and speaking of singing and drinking, I think we need to do a toast, even though you're way over there on the other side of the board. We're really far. I know. I think this is about the furthest away from each other that we have been doing a show. I I bet we're about seven or eight feet away. that way. Yeah, it's funny. Well, I got a toast for you, it's, oh, which great. is absolutely perfect. And I have to tell you, last night I was thinking about this, not ever knowing anything about this uh, museum. I'd right. never been here before, so right. I had no idea. I'd never been here either. I've been to the first location. Oh, see, I wasn't but, even in that one. No, but this is new to me. So <gasps> I was walking in just like you were. Well, here's my toast. Are you ready? Here we go. I am. Be it in water, air, your brain, your life, or with your hand. Here's to waves. Oh, and they've got that as a theme. Isn't that cool? You walk in and there's the waves for radio waves. I'm like, oh my God. And that came to me last night, not ever having been here before. Yeah, right? (laughs) Twilight Zone. Wait a minute. Who's the guy that was on? He was in there. He's also on the wall. So when you thought of this or it hit you in the middle of the night. Yeah. Did you roll over and write it down? I did. I pulled a Tim. And then it was... And I, was, I couldn't read my scratches, so in the morning I had to go, what was that? I was trying to say. Oh, yeah, this, this, and this. It looked like hieroglyphics. It did. Yeah, and you know, if you if you roll over and you're going to write it down, uh-huh. because then you can forget about it, because uh, you know, yeah, hey, you know, bed. I got it in the morning. I'm good. Mm-hmm. But, if you, but if you turn on the light to write it so you can read it... Then you can't get back to that I again. know, right? Yeah. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. I know. You just gotta you just gotta do what you can. Here's another name on this uh Hall of Fame list that I came across, and I basically okay. pulled out some names because you and I have got such a radio pass. Mm-hmm. Well, we're also, like Lisa Dent said, we're students of radio. Yep. We enjoy the work of others. We grew up with the work of others. Dick Bartley. I don't know that name. Oh god, he was one of my favorite syndicated um, not a countdown show, not like a Dick Not like Clark. a Dick Clark, because that's no. the name. Dick Clark and Casey Kasem, those are my people. Yeah, Wolfman Jack, yeah. Rick Dees. Yeah, they also had uh, countdown, countdown shows. shows. Yeah. But uh, Dick Bartley did Solid Gold Saturday Night. Oh. So he would pull all these prime, fantastic songs, and then, of course, he'd have a little, little tidbit yeah. about them, yeah. and then he'd go oh. on. Honestly, sometimes when I was... We're listening to him. It's like, well, <laughs> that'd be something I could use on the radio Monday. I have done that. <laughs> I have done that. Well, the with facts- Casey Kasem and with Dick Clark. Well, Dick Clark is, was, for me, normally the New Year's Eve thing. It was Casey Kasem and Rick Dees. Yeah. But I've taken some of those and used those bits. Because the facts, if you're talking about something yeah. about Fleetwood Mac yeah, or yeah, yeah. Mamas and Papas or whatever, the fact still remains uh-huh. the same. Yeah, it's just how, yeah. how yeah, you know, where'd you get them? Yeah, you could just <laughs> conceal your source. Did you ever hear any of the, and I bet we could pull it up out there on the technology screen. Have you heard any of the old radio of Jack Benny? Do you remember hearing that where you go, oh, uh, Rochester? Remember um, that at all? I, you know, I think I remember it only because other people have told me. I don't really recall it myself ever hearing it. But yeah, yeah. we will have to pull it up on there before yeah. we head out. Because it's, it's just fun. I can kind of, in my mind, hear how he sounds from old TV, you know, old TV shows and stuff like that. But I don't ever remember any of that. And isn't that amazing on how your mind can serve you that way? Yeah. Brainwaves. (laughs) See, we're still in the wave category. So, all right. All right. So here, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go down a Liz rabbit hole. Oh boy. So with your toast. Okay. Yes. All right. If I wave at you in the morning. Uh-huh. And I 
go walking out my California condo and go to the beach. Uh-huh. So I'm, you know, Your in water. ocean. I'm in ocean, ocean waves. Water. Ocean waves. And I'm listening to the radio because I got my transistor stuck in the sand. And then I sit there and I just think of really cool memories. Have I used every wave that I possibly could? Your life, uh, making waves in your life? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I would think so. sort of killed them all, you right? You did. Yeah. Bingo. So as long as you're friendly to somebody while you're going to the beach and you've got a radio, <laughs> you're good to go. Waving, yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you know that's a rabbit hole that I could easily get back out of, oh, which yeah, is you sort can of climb out of that one pretty you know, easy. Which is sort of neat. That was fun. Hey, by the way, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to a new friend of mine. Oh, okay. Uh, she is working on a Dick Bianti documentary. Oh wow! Okay. It is granted a lot of work and a lot of years because when you get documentaries and you're relying on footage and history and audio and all that you have to track it down and then maybe it's not in the best of shape and then you got to try to you know make make it it better better, and and on and on and on and the cost of things keep getting more she's been working on this seven years oh my gosh really her name is pam ensweiler pulis i did very well i hope i'm pronouncing that right she was one of those people that I met at the Museum of Broadcast Communications event, which was Rock Radio Remembered. She was in the parking garage. Oh, funny. And she says, oh, hang on a second. You came in when we came in. So I'm parked somewhere near your car. We can't find my car. Tell oh, me where my car funny. is. And then we ended up having dinner together with a bunch of old WLS and WCFL people. And... You just keep connected because, uh-huh, hey, uh-huh. tell me if I can help you somehow. I don't know how because oh Dick Biani was sort of beyond. See, me. I don't, I don't remember when he was on or anything. I don't know much about him. He was in the '60s. He okay. was big, big, big in the '60s. Well, and he not was even born. Yeah, he was WLS, WCFL. Um, so, granted, I'm a toddler at that point. So were you, not a teenager. Right. So the teenager radio years, you know, I'm listening to WROK and WLS. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's like 10 years ahead of me. Okay. But yet I look him up and I, I'm familiar with what he did. Okay. Yeah, he had Interesting. a tremendous following. So he, and he's no longer with us, right? He, I or think is he, he still is with still us? alive. Oh, okay. I, I, didn't, that, like I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know. Okay. And, and she was talking about some of the footage that she was gathering and, you know, some of it is very easy where she can hop on the phone to people like Frankie Valley or somebody <gasps> like that because he helped wow. he helped them start their careers. So wild. Yes. And if you can so track them down, they're more than happy to do it. But some yeah. of these people are hard to track down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Oh, my God. How fun. When we're sitting in this WGN studio, this old WGN studio, there is one guy that as a middle schooler. I locked into his voice almost daily. And isn't that weird that Mm. I'd be that young and care that much about WGN? But it's because they had Cub games. It was Jack Brickhouse and Lou Boudreau. He's so powerful and so cool with all that he did that he doesn't have a statue like Harry Carey yeah, and Ernie yeah. Banks and Ron Sano at the ballpark. He has a statue downtown. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yes, yes. 
Most of the people, if they walk by, they're going, well, what's that guy sitting at a yeah. desk for? Who's I've that? forgotten about And then you yes. read about it, and you go, whoa, that's Jack Brickhouse. So. Sitting in a desk with his typewriter. Well, speaking of typewriters, did you see the typewriter out there? Larry Lujak, <laughs> animal <laughs> stories. I'm sure he type, 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 type about yeah. that. I don't think he ever gave in to the word processor email type thing. Oh, my God. I think he was sort of like Andy Rooney. You know, Andy Rooney just kept cranking out at the old typewriter, and he just never gave in to all this technology change. He just Uh, never did. Let me see. I took a picture of that because you know how I am trying to remember all this stuff before when we're going through. Did you know he never, Larry Lujek, I just found this out, never took an interest in email and text message, and they said, if old Uncle Lair had something to write, it would come out of his typewriter. This is the one that they're showing was purchased in 2014. That's on loan from his collection. He's, oh, gotcha. I, he must have a number of typewriters, yeah. then, I guess. And, I would think. And, and considering, know. you know, in our other podcast, Storyteller Studio, we had Kipper McGee in the studio yesterday. Yes. And Kipper programmed WLS for, for a time. Yeah. And he was able in, I think, 2007 and 2008 uh-huh. to do the WLS Big 89 Rewinds. That so, was cool. So he's pulling people back like Tommy Edwards and Fred Winston and Larry Lujak and Bill Bailey. And they pulled in the news people like Catherine Johns and Gil Gross. It's like, Kipper, how in the crap did you do that? Well, now that you're saying that Larry just no email, no text, no yeah. nothing. It's even harder to get him there. I, well, so he must have either done it by phone call or by I, a letter. I, I, I mean, who knows? I we'll have to ask him again. Ask I don't Kipper. know. But, I mean, obviously Tommy Edwards knew him oh, for 35 years. Oh, that's true, years, too. That's true. Tommy but, probably talked But still, to him. no matter how nice you get in touch with people, if you can't get them to return a call, <laughs> then guess what? So, anyway. I think that's so cool. Yeah. So, that was a that was a very, very nice thing that Kipper was able to do for the old WLS people. Uh-huh. And, you know, this was this was after it turned to news talk. Ah. You know, when you when you have that missing from your life mm-hmm. and then for one day on Memorial Day Monday on one day, you not only get the music back. Where'd you get which those old now, voices? Which now you can pull it up anywhere, but you get the new, vo- you get the old voices too. Oh. Holy crap. Ear candy. Yeah. And Big when time. I connected with him, maybe in 2014 or 2015, I didn't know he was responsible for that. I didn't know he was programming during those That's years. That's wild. He said, watch your mailbox. I'll send you something. And he put the entire broadcast for both years on a thumb drive and send it to me. Oh, how sweet. So, Liz Wilder, if you would like a copy of that. Oh, I would, I would, I, I would, I would. I could maybe arrange that. And oh, that's so cool. Supply that to you. That is so cool. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. You were so talking cool. about uh, Dick Clark. Yes, yes. Have you ever been to the Cleveland Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I have not been there yet, no. I think we ought to just stop the broadcast and let you go right now because it's so stinking good. Well, this is this place is pretty darn cool yeah. too. I mean, I could yeah. Well, you remember the American Bandstand? Yes. Set? Yes. Just like we were over here with the Meet the Press uh, stuff. Okay, guys, we got we got to sit in the Meet the Press area at the real table. Yeah. And the little Meet the Press sign on the bottom, unfortunately, it wouldn't light up for us. Yeah. But oh, NBC logo and everything. So cool. My butt touched the same thing that Tim Russert's butt touched. Oh. Wow, that's a college story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you it, could make.
think I'm a really yeah, good yeah, idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, if you ever go to Cleveland in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, okay. uh, they have the uh, American Bandstand set. You know, where he used to stand there and... Bandstand, yeah. 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 Okay. And, oh, who sang the theme song? Oh. Oh, baby. You've got an auto... You've got two autographed pictures of him. Barry Manilow. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love yes. that. Yes. I love that. I mean, in my brain, I can hear him even singing it on his little... Yes. Deal. And Bandstand. He, he sang a lot of commercials, too. He did. You know, he did the State Farm one, too. Did he really? Mm-hmm. I remember the Kentucky Fried Chicken one. Do you? I don't remember yes, that one. Yes, yes. Barry Manilow, man, I'll tell you, if there was a studio and a live mic, that guy was in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, speaking of dance-type programs like that, okay. and this is stretching outside of radio, obviously, oh, okay. but the origins were always at radio. Right, right, right. Uh, do you remember uh, Soul Train? I do. I do remember that. We used to watch that. That and was like on Saturday morning. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. And Don Cornelius. Yes. And you would see Ohio players in Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes. Oh, God. Jackson Five. Oh, they just, there, were, there was not a dud in the bunch. Mm-hmm. They had such a list that was so impressive that you just couldn't believe that they were getting all those people. Oh, God, and that's then, so cool. Ah, uh, Wolfman Jack. Had oh God! The, had I took the, a picture of him. His his picture is up there. He doesn't look anything like I thought he would. <laughs> no, but he oh. had the midnight special. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And I he do would remember pull that. in CCR and uh, Guess Who and oh, those types of bands. Man. Oh man. Oh, I'm telling you, so I good. am like enthralled. <laughs> I could have stopped there and read. A whole bunch. Uh, who who else was on there? Uh, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, that was an old picture yeah. of Rush. Of course, Delilah. I love Delilah. Yeah. Kid Craddock. Do you remember Kid Craddock? I do not. I do I not. Remember Help seeing, me with that. He's from Dallas, um, but he was always in our radio and records oh magazine, the Radio and Records magazine, and he was a big dude. I mean, not a not a big person, but a big voice, and he was a big wig. I remember listening to little clip at air checks that you would get. You know, you'd. Okay, I don't know if I was supposed to take those or not, but sometimes the PD would have them on his table, and they were reel-to-reels and you know, little or or CDs or whatever of different people, and you're listening to them. Or as a promotions director, I remember getting some promotion stuff. It would say, "This is how it happened. This is how you position it on radio. This is oh. a type of commercial," and it would have somebody doing it. Oh, Kate nice. Braddock had a couple of those too. Oh, wow. Oh, I just that was fun. When you talk about that category of. I'm not really sure if I, I was know, supposed to take that. I went through some reel-to-reel tapes. Uh-huh. And, you know, granted, all this is is a, a, a solicitation to try to get the radio station to buy into their program. That's right, all it right, is. Right, right, right. So if I was going to take a piece of mail that they were going to throw away anyway, you wouldn't think anything of it. No. But a reel-to-reel or a cassette, it's like, well, that's no, that's an item. That's an yeah. item, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. the radio station didn't spend money on it. TM Productions <laughs> spent money on it. Yeah, and they mailed it to us, too. So TM Productions, at the point, would say, let's say, for instance, you were a radio station, and, and you could have... You know, Jeff Wicker in the morning and Liz Wilder in middays and Tim Larson in the afternoon. But we didn't have enough money. We didn't have enough talent pool to find somebody for the evening. Okay. For the sake of argument. Right, right, right. So you'd put in a syndicated. Yes. So you could buy into TM Productions out of Dallas. You could buy into their either their country deal or their uh, adult contemporary deal. And you would buy a whole program. Well, this is way before Internet. 
way before any and of it that was stuff. On a, was it on a big record? Yes. See, I remember doing that. Yes. I remember doing that for the rock station that I was in in Memphis for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Before it flipped. So you would pay somebody very, very minimum. They never cracked the mic. And they would sit there and either spin the reels or spin the albums or whatever. And guess what? You got one or two or three every week. Uh Uh-huh. And they would go in the dumpster. Well, anybody that had half a damn brain would at least take one and just tuck it away. Just one. I'm not saying not every week. And there's a lot of people where those things have surfaced now they've, uh-huh. they've, they've digitized them good friend of mine in madison johnny marks when he goes out and he walks three miles every morning he goes on i don't know maybe it's an iheart radio app or something like that to a radio station in north carolina oh my gosh that during his time whatever the time is they play an hour of an old at40 american top 40 with casey <gasps> Kasem episode oh fun so every so often he will send me a text and he'll go yep I am listening to 1983, and <laughs> it's it's you know blah 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 song or whatever. He enjoys the crap. Oh out my of it. gosh! Yeah, that's because fun. they because they digitized it. And I don't know if I pop quizzed you. And keep oh in God, mind, I'm bad keep, on these pop no, quiz no, things. No, no, no. Keep in mind, every time I pop quiz you, I never expect the answer. Okay, good. You know why? Why? Because when you pop quiz me, I never <laughs> want to give the answer. Okay, so go for it. Casey Kasem did the voice for a cartoon. Have I mentioned this to you before? Mm, not Casey Kasem, but I know Rick Dees was Disco Duck. He did I don't the know. song. Yep, yeah, I don't yep. know who. Very, very popular cartoon, even to this day. Really? In, involving a dog. Uh, it's <laughs> not the big red dog, is it? Oh, is it um, Shaggy? He did he the voice. Did Scooby-Doo. No, I was trying he, to think of. No, he did the voice of Shaggy. You were right. I was your, right. Your I was first trying guess. to think of who was, what dogs that were on TV. Yes. I was trying to think of what that. Yeah. <gasps> My gosh. Yeah, I put your brain waves to work Dang, on that one. Sure didn't you sure did. You really yeah. taxed me. That, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> and yikes. another another radio guy, way before any involvement in TV, uh-huh. was Jim Backus. I don't know. Do I know that name? What? All right. When we were out here. And Cliff, our yes. tour guide, yes. he said, this is the newest exhibit in the museum. It's only five weeks old. What was it about? Gilligan's Island. Okay. Jim Backus was Thurston yes. Howell III. Yes. What cartoon voice did he do? It's cool once you know it. Mm, I don't know that one. Mr. Magoo. He was Mr. Magoo? <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Really? Isn't that something? Oh, my gosh. No, yeah. I really did not know that. Do you remember Mr. Magoo? Wow. Do you remember Mel Blank? Yes. Warner yes. Brothers? Yes. And he did, God, Scads of voices. so many, so many. Yeah. I had no idea. And if I did know, I completely forgot. I had no idea that he did the voice of Barney on the Flintstones. Mel? Yep. I didn't know that. No, did not know that. Did Charlie Tuna do... Charlie Tuna? I don't know. No, Charlie Tuna was the I DJ. Oh, I know. Charlie Tuna was so oh, good. Oh, God. I know. Oh his, God. his face is up there on that Hall of Fame thing, too. Oh, I didn't see him. Oh, yep. I saw him. I took a picture oh, of him. Here, here's I'm what, telling you what. Here, I took a picture. Here's what I encourage folks Love to do. It. If If you have the slightest inkling of interest in anything that we talk about today, <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie Tuna is a very good example, just go to YouTube and put in Charlie Tuna air check. That's oh, all you have to it's do. It's amazing. And he's on K-Earth. Well, and, and he's on KHJ. And he's just so good. He's from Nebraska. Oh, really? And his real name is Art Ferguson. 
Oh, Art my. Ferguson. But Charlie Tuna, that's the air <laughs> name. Um, he got his air name mm, in Oklahoma City when he was on KOMA. He actually inherited it from, uh, from the previous guy? host. What? Yep. Why would they do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Then it kind of took off. Then he went to Kearney, I think it is. I know virtually nothing about Nebraska. Uh, well, anyway, he was there. And then he went to Oklahoma City. And then he was in Boston on KMEX. Um, he debuted on KHJ. See, there's a three-letter one. I don't know what KHJ means. Gigantic radio station. Don't even know what it was. Los I, Angeles. I loved him. And he's been there ever since. 40 plus years. Wow. 40 plus years. He yeah. was one of the original DJs at KROQ. Wow. Remember that in Los yeah. Angeles? And then he was all different kinds of formats and different kinds of stuff. But it was Charlie Tuna in the morning. He died a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. He was inducted, it says, in 2008. You know, we were talking about that technology, too. With, you know, iHeartRadio app or, you know, a variety of different apps. Mark Larson, one of the very first guys I ever listened to on WROK where I worked, I still listen to him on KFMB in San Diego. Wow. And now he's doing, he does a lot of TV things too, you know, sort of a talking head. He's very politically driven. And I think he also does an hour or maybe two hours on their sister station, KOGO. K-O-G-O. -O. Yeah. Go-Go. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they get him in the morning on KFMB, and then Channel 4 will have him on at 5 o'clock for the news thing, and then he's back on for an hour or two hours on K-O-G-O. It's like, damn, man, when do you sleep? Mm -hmm. And he's a pilot, and he's an artist, and he's he's wow. one of those guys that's probably a gourmet cook and uh, oh, you know, yeah, all, yeah, that, right. all that other stuff. And it's, it's neat to be able to hear those people when I would never have the opportunity before. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny. We talk about all these different radio stations, you know, WLS and KOGO and whatever. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do they Why do they have funny letters? Why do one start with a K and one starts with a W? Do you realize the Mississippi is the dividing line? It is. Everything west of the Mississippi starts with mm -hmm. a K. Everything mm -hmm. east starts with a W. Yep. And here's something that threw me off just a hair until okay. I thought about it a little bit. A very good friend of mine, which he's going to be our next storyteller studio on our other podcast uh -huh. when we travel to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. His name is Rob Cutter. Mm -hmm. I worked with him at WFRL in Freeport, Illinois in 1979. We've seen each other, you know, along right, the right, lines, right. but we just wanted to be able to, you know, connect in Missouri and have a little bit of a sit down. So that's what we're going to do. Well, he was talking about a former radio station of his that was celebrating 100 years old. Oh, which one? So KFIZ. Oh, wow. Of this. course, they're hunting down all these people. And I'm going, wait a minute. It's in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. What the hell is it KFIZ for? Why oh. is it not WFIZ? It's because when you get up that far in Wisconsin, uh -huh. the Mississippi River. Stops. Yeah, well, yeah, that's kind of its curved. little tribularies and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. So they got pretty particular with the exception of a radio station in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They are KDKA. And they are on the east side of the Mississippi. Okay. Well, I understand that. First radio station. I understand that because yeah. when I was in Memphis, a lot of the stations had a different letter. We were KMPZ because our transmitter and our license was actually in Arkansas. Oh, my. Even though we were in, oh my. in Memphis. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like cheating on the school district thing. You know? Oh, well, kind of, ah, I you guess. Know, you know, I never thought about it I that wanna way. I want to go to the but... school, and I live here. No, you yeah. don't. You live on the other side of the river. Getting back to Chicago sure. just for a little bit, and I'm I'm literally just going down the list. Okay. 
Do the names Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer ring bells to yes, you? Yes, I love them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, for me, they do because I'm a. I listen to that. You know, those that listen to <gasps> disco music did not like Steve Dahl and Gary no. Meyer too much because that was the whole Comiskey Park disco demolition thing. Yeah. But. You know, it's something to sort of keep on the record books. I love them. Yeah. And, they were fun. And I don't know where Gary Meyer ended up. I, I really Ooh, need to ask around. Either. Because he was doing a solo show after he spent so much time with Ro Khan on WLS. He was doing a solo show on WGN. Really? Well, so you think yeah. he's still in the area? Well, I don't know. Huh. And about the same time, Jonathan Brandmeier was doing the morning show on WGN. Okay. And... They were sort of blue, if you know what I mean. Yes, they yes. Would blue sort humor. Of, yeah, they yeah. would sort of yep, step yep. over the wholesome WGN line. Yeah. And so they ended up putting them on a internet channel, much like the radio station that I'm on in Sky yeah, 7 yeah, yeah. Phoenix. Okay. They would put a, on that channel, and then for some reason it just sort of disappeared. It doesn't huh. exist anymore. But they could get away with anything oh, when, they, yeah. when they were on the internet. So there were no there rules. There are no rules, right? Yeah. There are no rules. So kind of like in podcasting, wor- there are no rules. It worked out pretty well. That's uh, wild. Another tidbit, and this is very, very Chicago-oriented. Another okay. tidbit I want to share with people, and she's on the wall too, is Yvonne Daniels. Ah, I missed her. Yvonne Daniels. Yeah, they're not alphabetical order, are they? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wish they were. Yvonne Daniels was in the um, uh, 70s. Okay. And she did overnights on WLS. Oh, wow. And she's basically the first lady of radio. She is. Yvonne Daniels. She's a wow. black lady that was smooth and so good. Mm. And, you know, it would just melt you with her being overnights. And I learned at this Displains event, this this rock radio revisited thing that the museum did, Tommy Edwards of WLS was on the panel. Oh wow! And just he was talking about something, and just as a side note, and he goes, "Yeah." And then I hired Yvonne Daniels, and the whole crowd went Ooh. sort of a gasping. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, we didn't know that. And he goes, "Yeah, I hired Yvonne Daniels." Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, that's a nice thing to have on your hat. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Got another question for you. Which president was also a sportscaster? Which former president was a sportscaster? Oh, I do know this. I know you know. I do know this. This is Come Ronald, on, I know Ronald you know Reagan. This. Yes. Yeah. He was referred to as a great communicator. Yeah. He did some work down in Dixon, Illinois. And also his, um, actually, the whole radio thing started in Davenport. Really? Uh-huh. In 1932 at WOC. See, another three-letter thing. <laughs> That whole whole three-call-letter thing just sort of gets you, doesn't it? It does. I'm like, now, wait a minute. So so when you go through and listen to WLW, you're just going to swing in and go, all right, you guys got to fess up. Why three letters? What does that stand for? Yeah, you go to Nashville and you go, WSM, come on, tell me. Why is it? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like my own business is WOW. And it does stand for something. It does. Words of Wilder. There you go. See? Wow. See that? There you go. Thank you. Wow. By the way. By the way, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Wow, I almost did like a squee oh, webbit thing. What a Reagan! What is, what is that? Wow. He, he did okay. what? Okay. Uh, I think it's fun. You know, he was he was uh, he did sports, so he was like spring training and all the sports stuff. He did. He that did was cool. He did Cubs spring training in 1937. Yes. A microphone was no stranger to him exactly when he became governor and he became president it was just normal stuff well then you know he's not the first one to that party 
because Franklin Delano Roosevelt exactly. had the fireside chats, and he's also in the Radio Hall of Fame. Yep. Pick somebody else. They just don't come anywhere close to being in the Radio Hall no, of Fame. No, no. And those two were both smooth. You know, oh, they yeah. knew. They knew how to work it. It was yeah. just really, really cool. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. You know, when we did the, and I keep referring back to the Storyteller Studio podcast that we do, because obviously we're in the amongst of radio right. stuff today. Uh, when we did the television, the live television broadcast on TV 23, we did all of our simulated broadcast as if it was October 26, 1985, because that was the date on the dashboard of the DeLorean and Back to the Future. So we kind of did okay. a rewind, too. W-R-O-K yes. rewind. Yes, so yes, we did. R-O-K-Z, okay, rewind. Yeah. Yep, it's fine. So, so when I was taking on the task of writing 1985 news for Fred Spear to read, right. I'm looking up this stuff oh. and researching all this stuff. And one of them was, and this was just a weekly thing that our newscasters did. They said today on President Reagan's radio address mm -hmm. is going to be this topic, whatever it was. Isn't that fun? And so they would feed them the topic. Hey, here's what he's going to talk about so people could promote it and people could listen. And we carried it. So where were you in 1986? Were you at ROKZOK? I was at WROK. Okay. And specifically in the summer of 86, uh, we did a broadcast at Walt Disney World in Orlando for their 15th birthday. How cool is that? So that's my radio tie to 1986. Wow. And I interviewed one of the guys that's on the Hall of Fame wall in here, and that gets us right back to who you were talking about, is Bruce Williams. Oh, really? Bruce you Will did? Yes. Oh, cool. Yes, Bruce Williams was one of our uh, network affiliates. It was on the NBC radio network, and he did a, a program called TalkNet. Oh, cool. So he would help you if, yeah, I don't know what to do with my mortgage, and I don't know what to do with my investment. He was the advisor of that type of stuff for your average Joe. So here's Jack Lambiot and I. Jack Lambiot oh. was our engineer. And, How fun. And Gene Hawk was our host from uh, the Disney Corporation. Uh-huh. And we were sitting there, and we were sort of getting ready for the broadcast and whatever, and I had just interviewed Bob Ballard, who found the Titanic. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gene Hawk was from the costume department, but he was our escort, and he lined up these people left and right. Roger Ebert and Dolly Parton and Helen Hayes. And oh my God, it was insane. So we, they either showed up at our table or we showed up at their building. Oh my goodness. And they would just, they would say, hey, here's so-and-so. They're going to be there at two o'clock in the afternoon at such, such building at Epcot. Be there. If, if you're interested in those people, whoever yeah, was on the right. list. So here comes this guy. <laughs> and he had great big sunglasses and he had sort of a what I call a dad shirt, which no. is a checkered like brown and <laughs> tan and whatever, you yeah. know. It looked like he just got off a fishing boat in Wisconsin. Oh, funny. And he had suspenders. Oh, my goodness. So here comes this guy up to our table. Well, we had already been broadcasting at the Magic Kingdom, so it was not unusual for somebody that was from our hometown to know that we were down there mm -hmm. and come up and say hi. Mm -hmm. So I thought that this was another guy from a Rockford. Listener, just a listener. Saying, yeah, just saying hi. And he walks up, and the first thing he said to us was, I've been looking for you two at every beer stand in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> well, there are no beer, beer stands, stands in the Magic uh -uh. Kingdom. And I look up at him. Of course, I didn't recognize him. Uh -huh. Big, big uh, mirror glasses, you know, like, yeah, uh, like, like Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Aviator. Well, then he got talking a little bit more, and I damn near peed my pants because I realized who it was. Oh, my gosh. Yes. 
He says, I would be happy to come back and, and sit down with you guys for a while and chat. I said, we would absolutely love that. I said, but you need to come back at 11 o'clock after we interview Bob Ballard, who found the Titanic. And he goes, enough said. And he walked away. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then he came back. And I still have that picture on my workbench of Jack and I and Bruce Williams. Oh, that's and he was, so funny. He was the nicest guy. And I, here's another thing I have, because you know I'm a pack rat. Yeah. Um, Tim Larson he, he, is definitely a pack rat. Trust me. My she, husband would say, she, ah, but Liz Wilder is a close second. Yeah. She means that in the most loving I way. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I really do. Because he's got some so, cool stuff. So after talking with Bruce Williams, you know, he was from New York. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, every so often I get back to your part of the country. I have family in Freeport, Illinois. Get out of here. I said, really? He goes, yeah, but he says, I really have to sort of schedule it and time it out uh in between broadcasting no 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 because of the weather he says your weather and your snows are brutal and you know what the roads are going to galena and freeport and stuff like that back back then yeah 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 yeah, yeah. horrible nothing but cornfields so i wrote him a letter i couldn't believe i did this after we got back from orlando that said here is where i live i'm right by the tv stations here is my phone number Here's my everything. Here's the radio station. Here's all everything you need to know in order to contact me. If you are visiting your family in the winter, because maybe you're coming at right. Christmas right. or somebody's birthday and you can't Get dictate there. the weather. Yeah. I said, if you're stuck and you need to stay somewhere, I said, please call us. I said, between me and the rest of the people at the radio station, we'll accommodate you. Right. Well, of course, months went by, yeah, months went yeah. by, and I'm figuring, oh, God, that ended up in file 13. You know, why would he give... <laughs> the circular a, file. Why would yeah. he give a shit yeah. about... Okay. No, I get this letter, and I had this letter to this day. Oh, my gosh. Tim Larson, air oh personality, WROK, Tamarack Lane, blah, blah, blah. Nice meeting you in Orlando. Because sometimes I may end up going to your part of the country in bad weather, and I will certainly keep this information and take you up on it. Blah blah blah. Best wishes, Bruce Williams. Oh my gosh, how awesome is that? On NBC Letterhead. How can you throw that away? You can't. You got to keep that. You can't. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. So that's the fact that you had to have him wait until you interviewed (laughs) Jesse. That was funny. That was funny. Hey, speaking of Titanic, do you know there's a little tie in here in this broadcast museum with Titanic going on in there? I don't. I think it's right around the corner from where we are that actually, um, because it was all talking about the Hedy Lamar and all the all that stuff too. Did you pull it up on the text? No, no, no. It's up there. You can just you don't have to pull it up. You can just look at it and see. And I didn't take a picture to read it, but it's talking about the telegraph. Because oh. there was only so much of, of uh, you could only get so much bandwidth or whatever going on. And yeah. so when the telegraph came that there was a iceberg ahead, the oh. only person who was in charge of reading all that stuff was too busy trying to get passengers oh, no. things to him. That he put that one aside until later and then it oh, was too late. No. And getting SOS and SOSs out and all these amateur radio people were hearing him and trying to help, but it really impeded it. Crazy. And that's all over there, right on that sign. Right down that same hall, there is an Associated Press teletype machine. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I didn't get a chance to look closely at that Did one. Did you ever work at a radio station where you were doing oh, rip, yeah. and, rip and reads? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Quite all a right. bit. And overnights, which Paul Harvey... Always. Paul Harvey has video of where he will come in at 3 in the morning, and, of course, it's just rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls of stuff that he would go through. 
That's I well, started on a, at a station like that. Yeah. Did you? So mm-hmm. did I. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's sort of cool when you think about yeah. it when you go back to it. This Associated Press teletype machine has the actual printed piece on the roll of the assassination of President Kennedy. <gasps> no. It does. Oh, I have to go back and it look. It does. And right next to it is the CBS television camera for the Nixon and the Kennedy debates. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I did see that. when the Kennedy people got there first, Cliff, our tour guide, told me this, when the Kennedy people got there first, they sort of commandeered that camera. <laughs> it's like, this camera is only going to be on John F. Kennedy, not on Nixon. Oh so they gosh. brought in another camera to be on Richard Nixon, oh, as opposed so to going back fun. and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then... They've got it here in the museum. Oh, my gosh, Tim. <laughs> that is so wild. So wild. Did you ever know a guy by the name of Ralph Emery? Mm, you, probably not because I you did didn't not. do country, did you? No, no. He was the Casey Kasem of country. Oh, really? He okay. was the countdown. And when I first knew about Ralph Emery, believe it or not, this is so weird. We picked up the program on WLUV probably about a month. Okay. After I had a conversation with Barbara Mandrell. I love her. And she was talking about her and Ralph Emery going skiing in Aspen. Get out of here. And I said, who taught who? And he says, oh, you know, she goes, that's just an ongoing debate because Ralph always takes credit with teaching me how to ski. Mm. And that was not the case. <laughs> I go, okay. So I backed off of that topic really quick. She is setting you straight right there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Isn't that something? Who's next on your list? I have a whole bunch of people. I mean, I'm I'm looking at uh, John Tesh. I oh, love John Tesh. Yeah. Red Skelton. Well, I want to go back to the Bozo Room. I mean, because I'm looking at the clown right there. <laughs> I think and we're in the Bozo Room. We're, yeah, we're, we're in the Bozo Room. We are for sure. But there are a number of different Bozos, which I didn't realize that. And as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, that picture looks familiar. That person, I think, uh, in fact, I know I have a picture a black and white picture of Bozo standing by the camera. And Tim, I really do think it's that camera that's over there. I really wow. think it's that camera. You is have to take pl- a picture. Is of me. it a publicity shot? It's a publicity shot that was signed. And I don't know, because I was a little, I, like one, two years old, three years old when I got it. But you weren't but, ever on the show. No, 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 no. Because it was I like a three year late waiting list. Oh, no. Yeah, heck no. No, but so we lived I, in Chicago. So I don't know how I got it. My mom's not alive. I can't ask her. Wow. I can't ask them how. I got it, but I have it. I mean, do you possibly think that you went to to some event that she was I could have. I really don't know. I I really don't know, but I'll have to go see if I can find that, dig it up in my baby book somewhere. (laughs) I don't know where that is either, but that'll be my homework, if you will. But that's kind of really cool to see all those things. And I did not realize the different uh, uh, costume progression. Did you notice a costume? Yeah, progression oh yeah. Stuff? yeah, oh yeah. There Very was crazy. also a people progression too. Yes, I saw uh, that. Was it was it Bob Bell played uh, Bozo? I think it's Bob. Think Bell. of Bob Bell. Okay. Yeah. Did you know another famous person that played Bozo the Clown? No. And who? I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. Not that this is going to help you in the least amount because oh, it didn't God. help me when they when okay. they were pop quizzing me. This same person played Ronald McDonald the very first time, so much so that his nose was actually a McDonald's paper cup Get that was cut here. and strung. You know how string goes around your oh, head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they did it. Get out of here. Yeah, okay, who was because it? Because he was the first one. Who was the first one? He was one of the weathermen on the Today Show, Willard Scott. Oh, my God. Willard Scott? <laughs> Isn't that cool? 
Yeah. Oh wow, I did not know that. Isn't that something? Willard Scott. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. was a he was a bozo also. Wow. Yeah. Like a bozo. Yeah. Well, bozo. he was always a bozo. <laughs> yeah, and then he also I don't know if he was the originator or he was just the one that first did it when they did the celebrating of a hundred year people and the Smucker's jelly, you know, it's those turning a hundred years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it was oh, you his mean, idea. Oh, birthday stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I, I remember that. I don't know if it was that. his idea or he well, was just Scott, the first yeah. one to do it, but they continue to do it today. I remember that. That yeah. was pretty cool. Well, I got some other pictures that I, I took pictures, names, and stuff like that, too, like Sean Hannity. These are some of the newer ones. You know, Sean Hannity, Howard Stern. I just yeah. love him. Sam Phillips, Memphis. That's my Memphis connection. Sam Phillips and Elvis. Hmm. Yeah, oh, Sam was Elvis's executive producer type stuff. But he had a radio past. I guess so. Well, okay. yeah, because it, Memphis Radio. Going back to Chicago just a little bit. Uh-huh. Chicago Urban Radio, which a friend of ours, Joe Soto, is on V103 now. And Chicago Urban Radio is just killing people in the ratings. I mean, yes. it's 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 doing really, really well. Yeah. Tom Joyner, which Joe does know, Tom Joyner is one of the most significant people in Chicago that... Brought in those uh, African American uh, not only acts but talent, okay. and he was just I don't know, guy who's maybe here in like thirty years in Chicago. Wow, who, who does that besides Larry Lujak for crying out well, loud? Well, you're talking about black and white musicians and acts and things of that yeah. nature. Well, that's what Sam Phillips did. Um, his station, okay, when he first started, and I just found some information about it. He started in Florence, Alabama. Hmm. Alabama mm-hmm. um, radio career is a DJ and an engineer at WLAY in Florence, and that they kind of had an open format, so to speak. And that, so he was playing recordings by black and white wow. performers, and then later on he was in Decatur WMSL, and then WLAC in Nashville. Oh, I know uh-huh. those call letters. Yep. And then he landed at WREC in Memphis, and wow. he engineered the big band remotes from the rooftop of Memphis's Peabody Hotel, <laughs> which have the ducks that of go course, down. Of but, you know, course. I love that of stuff. Course. And but wow. I think he's he's probably best known for Sun Records, and he had some of the most influential musicians: Elvis Presley, BB King, Jerry Lee Lewis, Charlie Rich. You know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. Is there, and I'm, I'm going to go a little dark here for you, okay, just, okay. A, just a tiny bit. Okay. Granted, not every radio announcer is everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. Every time that I see this guy's name, and I feel bad about it, but every time I see this guy's name, I cringe. Uh-oh. Because I just don't care for him. Okay. Extremely popular in the New York City market. Extremely. I bet it's Howard Stern. No. Oh, it's not. I think Howard Stern is very interesting. Okay. Yes. Um, I think who? I think Howard Stern is one of the most honest interviewers. I like him. I think I've ever... Scott Shannon. No, Scott Shannon oh. at Z100 oh, the Morning he's Zoo. Other side. <laughs> no, no. This is who? this is Don Imus. Don Imus? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Now I kind of like Don Imus. Do you? Yeah. He I seems do. like just a curmudgeon, pain in the ass with, and, and I know that may be part of his shtick. I don't know. He was at WNBC for a long time, yeah. and then when they got rid of the music, then he was the only one that stayed on when they moved on to WFAN and went to sports radio. Wow. He was the only one. Everybody else lost their job. It's like, wait a minute, the grumpiest guy on the staff you keep. Oh, maybe he wasn't grumpy after that. Maybe it was (laughs) was everybody else. I don't really know. I I don't know. 
But isn't that but wild? But that's, that's just one. Everybody else I just really, really enjoy. I may not agree with them, but I enjoy their way of doing things. And he's just, oh, God, he's so grumpy. I don't know. I just had to share that. Oh, I, don't know. I just think it's funny. You know, I just got to tell you, everybody, just in case you just happen to tune in, we are Life's 3 by 5s Liz Wilder, Tim Larson with you. We are in the Museum of Broadcast History, which is phenomenal. And I know we should be doing a Life's 3 by 5s real oh. quick. So let me just do this real quick because I have to say hello to Joanna from Rochester, New York. Hello, oh, Joanna. Thanks for listening. She says, yeah, she says, you two are always going somewhere. Uh, duh. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> Where was the last place you took a trip? Uh, are you asking me? Sure. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh. Yes. I actually went also to Rockford, Michigan, which is just <laughs> north of there, <laughs> to do uh, another sit-down with our Storyteller Studio uh, podcast with Kim ah. Carson. But I also have family in the area, Eric Larson. Oh, yeah. And I just happened to be there. The next day was a gigantic four-day festival called Art Prize. Oh, wow. Every kind of art piece imaginable they scatter at venues in downtown grand rapids 750 of them Holy at the end of four days they give away a quarter of a million dollars in prize money and to I, to, to the, the artists. artists yeah oh my goodness so based on your vote and stuff like that i met the coolest people and it was 72 and sunshine oh. and i would just take my camera and just camp out and I met the coolest stinking people in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That is so neat. But it's all because I picked up the phone mm -hmm. and wanted to do a sit-down conversation with Kim Carson, who I had never met. Mm -hmm. I had listened to her on the radio mm -hmm. when I was in high school. Wow. And our first conversation on the phone trying to coordinate this was 45 minutes. Isn't that fun? Where did you go last? My last trip was to Buffalo, New York. So, see, Joanna, I was pretty close by. But oh. it was also radio-related in the same way because oh. now I have a I have a business, a voiceover business, and one of my wow, clients. Did yeah, you really? Wow, did you Wow, exactly. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> one, of my, one of my clients is Great Lakes Dental Technologies, and Jim Burton is who I have been dealing with for 15-plus years. Years. Good for you. We never met. Oh, no. We never met. But So who initiated so let, so the trip? We both did because one of the guys that's my engineer, this is, the, this is where the radio comes in. So when I lived in Buffalo, I worked at WKSE, and that building was then bought by Crosswater, uh, which is Crosswater is the company that I do voice work for. Whoa. And so when I went to see Crosswater, I'm in the same radio building. Well, how creepy was Isn't that? Isn't that wild? And one of the their studios is actually the one that I was on the on-air studio with, which was kind of cool. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so uh, wow. Dan, our engineer Dan, Dan and Lauren had their first baby. And so I said, I got to come and see you. I mean, I've been working with Dan for God knows how long. And yeah. same thing with Jim. So yeah. I just took a trip up there and Jim and I made it happen. And that wow. was cool he also let me go through great lakes building which is phenomenal and amazing well now you and have now a i visual. know what i'm talking about when yeah, i'm no. talking about aligners <laughs> you know smart moves aligners or <laughs> grumman's protrusion face masks or full contact splint or splint stuff and i met the new ceo and president john endy i met the company oh, jim is going to be retiring uh next year early next year so i met the group that are going to be taking over that That's I'll be working with. So I have a face-to-face -face contact. And I got to tell you a fun story, too. While I was there in Buffalo, it's totally changed. It's beautiful. It is a little gem. So if you ne if you ever get the chance to go, hmm. go to Buffalo. I think I recognized three buildings in downtown Buffalo, and that oh, was really? it. They've all changed. changed it's phenomenal. Wow. Phenomenal. Okay. But I went to 
the place that I used to live, my apartment that I used to live in North Boston area. And it's not torn down. No, 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 because okay. I was well, actually in an apartment be. right behind a house. And so I was looking and seeing if my old landlord was there or not. And sure enough, they were there. I Come got on. to see Rick. Mary Ellen was not there, but Joanne, Joe was. And so I was talking with them. They've turned my little apartment into a uh, like an Airbnb. Oh. And it was really cute. I went in to go see it. I'm like, well, the bones are all the same. The colors have changed. Everything's yeah. But it's like, oh, how wonderful was that? I'm really impressed so, that you were able to find it and that it was still standing yeah. if you said so much had changed. Oh, it, a lot had changed. Well, again, it was a person's house. You yeah. know, it was like a, for lack of a better term, it was like a mother-in-law apartment. You yeah. know, it had two bedrooms, a bath and a kitchen, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. attached to the house way back when. Yeah. But it has changed and it is just beautiful. And then the little house that I first moved in, I did not recognize it at all. Yeah, but I, I've been to these things where you turn the corner and all of a sudden it's a strip mall. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. And that, no, this oh, was, that makes your heart sing. <laughs> this was way, 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 way out. But wow, yeah, good so for you. Jim, Jim, Jim really helped me. He was awesome. He was like a, a brother, you know, just so cool. And to be able to see something I talk about all the time was great. Ballpark, how old were you when you did radio in Buffalo? How long ago? Um, I had just turned... 30. Okay. So that gives me a, a yeah. time frame with the yeah, rest of I your stuff. Yeah, I was there um, early 90, early mid-90s. I was there from 91 to 95-ish, gotcha. something like that. I can't gotcha. remember exactly. Good for you. Yeah. That makes you want to pick another city that you have some kind of a I connection know, right? to. I want to go back to Charleston, West Virginia and see the changes. Oh. That's what I would like. But- you know, I, I, I got to have another reason to go in that direction. Yeah. And there's just not a national park in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> That's your thing. So. I, I hate to be sort of selfish on that. But yeah, anyway. Fun. Hey, you know, anyway. some, somebody else I saw on the wall in here for the Radio Hall of Fame was Garrison Keeler. I don't know that name. No, it's, a, it's the Prairie Home Companion. This was uh, spoken word. Oh, I don't know yeah. that name. Really? Oh, look it up. Okay. Because they are... They are storytelling episodes uh, like no other. And that's okay. why he became so, so, so successful. Another one I saw was Orion Samuelson. Remember Aww. that? Orion. Now, back in my KGRC days, uh, we would have Orion's story, oh, you know, little snippets come my. on radio. Yeah. Orion spent 60 years at WGN. Wow. Yeah. And when he was, you know, sort of ticking down and getting ready to retire. He was talking about getting the job at WGN and, you know, sort of doing this agricultural thing. And, you know, it's sort of a stepping stone and this won't last and I won't be here forever. Oh, God. Ah, well, called him a liar on that one. Ron Hendren, who was our our farm guy and our news guy, too, at KGRC way back when. He, Mm -hmm. you know, Orion Samuelson right there. And I just ran into Ron a couple of years ago. I haven't seen him in years He's awesome. Nice. He still sounds good. I think he got out of radio, but he still sounds good. You know, I'll tell you, we had a lunch the other day after when Kipper McGee came in for our uh, Storyteller studio. We went upstairs. And Mm -hmm. so here's five of us sitting around. (laughs) And if people could eavesdrop on that conversation and never look at us, they may not know that we are 20 years older than when they first heard us. Because you all sound the same. The voices do. And I see and hear that in so many people. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you, because I don't have the details, can you tell them about the people that we ran into here at the museum because Cliff had welcomed them in and then when we came in, he saw parallels between those people and us 
and he put us together. Rick mm-hmm. Anthony was his name, and he happened to be in town. I want to say from Indiana, somewhere in Indiana. I'd have, I'd, I'll have to go check all of his information. But he has a podcast, too. But mm-hmm. he was a former radio announcer, yeah. too. And he's the kind of guy that when he adds another 15 years onto his age, his voice is still going to be the oh, same. he's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll have to get together and, and chat with him and check out his podcast. Who knows? We might be on his podcast. He might be you, on ours. You, you never know. You never but know. But really cool. It was all kismet. You know, radio people. We were the, and we were the only five people in the room. Exactly. Because exactly. it's so damn cold. <laughs> well. Yeah. So we huddled together for warmth yeah. and took a picture. That was so fun. <laughs> so fun. Hey, by so the way, fun. when you're talking about Howard Stern, you brought yes. up Howard Stern a couple of times. You know Robin Quivers, his, yes. his sidekick. sidekick. Mm-hmm. I did not know this about her. What? She was a nurse in the Air Force. That I did know. Did yeah. you? Yeah, that I, I did know. I did not know that. Yeah. It's just cool information that yeah. you end up stumbling across yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. Charles Osgood is another <gasps> one that was on the wall in there. I like that. Yeah. I haven't seen I need to go back on that one and look. Yeah, he's a really oh. good pianist. And, of course, he was CBS Sunday Morning for many, many years. Yeah. But he did a segment that we carried on one of the radio stations I worked for, and it was always See You Again on the Radio. Yeah. And he would do those sort of like uh, little commentary things, and, of course, you know, he would travel and do all that stuff. But he was always just very, very genuinely interested in whatever he was reporting on, and, of course, that came through. It didn't matter whether it was radio or TV. So well, I'm telling you, this there is so much here. If anybody would love to come through and see the progression of radio, how it started, some of the big names in radio, please come to the Museum of Broadcast History. It's phenomenal. It really is. We could go on and on all day long, Tim. We really could. We, we could. really could. We could. But I need to go and warm up. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I'm like a frozen popsicle here. <laughs> it's unbelievable. My, can you hear me sniffling? It is. It's, I don't have a cold. I'm just trying to stay warm and, uh, you know, whatever. I don't yeah, know what the so deal fun. is. But well, like anyway. you said, they didn't. They weren't planning on this cold weather right now, and they weren't planning. They don't have controls, the master controls for the heat. Yeah. I do have one more note. Okay. I was sitting at the potato shack the other day, eating breakfast, talking to Pete. Mm-hmm. Here's a construction guy that was just in the area whatever job he was on Mm -hmm. and he picked up on our conversation so pete says hey what's going on this week i said hey we're going into chicago (laughs) we're going into the radio hall of fame and this guy sitting next to me says i went to a wedding there at the hall of fame i said come on this is no they rented out the place for their wedding reception oh get out of here yeah he said it was Was, a guy this this one or the the, older one the old one oh okay yeah and he said you know god he says i can't it was a long time ago i can't really it was a guy by the name of fred of course, I think of Fred Winston oh, instantly. Right, right. And then he goes, yeah, he, he was on WFYR, 103.5 FM WFYR. And I go, Fred Winston was on WFYR. He goes, no, 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 not that long ago. He goes by Brother Fred. Brother Fred. Brother Fred. And, and Angie Taylor. There, there's the morning team. It was like a friend of a friend of his wife or whatever. However, they got invited to this and, wedding and from reception. What, what town? From Chicago. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. One hundred three and a half FM WFYR, which it's not one hundred three and a half WFYR anymore. It's like Kiss something, you know. Everybody's Kiss something. Right, right. Yeah, but anyway, 
it was it was sort of cool that he was able to tell that because I, oh, I would never think that they would rent this place out for a reception. No. But wouldn't that be? I mean, you think we're two pigs in slop? Can you imagine being a radio person? God, and having here. a having I a radio reception? I would not even be. I'd be like, oh, okay, it's time to do a toast. Uh, hang on a minute, let me go look at this real quick. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. There's no way. I wouldn't be where's, back. Where's the bride? Where, where'd she go? She's, she's looking at the radio <laughs> stuff. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, she's not no changing way. her dress. She's no. not having a problem. No, she's browsing. Nah, That's there's all. There's no way. There's no way. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in here with me. Well, you're welcome. I'm I'm glad to freeze with you anytime. <laughs> wow, that's going to pick our next location. This was wonderful. So here's what I'm going to do after we leave here. Oh, what? Take pictures? Well, yes. <laughs> but we never thought that we were going to be in the Paul Harvey no! studio. This is like so We exciting. never thought that we'd be sitting at the studio behind the board of the old WGN main studio of Wally Phillips and Bob Collins and Spike O'Dell. So guess what I'm going to do? Oh, God, what are you going to do? I'm going to call Lisa Dent, <gasps> who works at WGN right now, and go, Neener, neener, neener. That's where I am. That's where I am. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh my gosh! (laughs) How fun, Lisa! Watch out. Yeah, she'll take it. She'll take it in stride, or she'll send me like a box of you know farm manure or something. Oh, funny. She's a farm girl. Yeah, I know. I love. I shouldn't give her an idea. Yeah. Uh, don't do that at all. No, don't do, don't that, do that. It was just a joke. It's a jo- Take a joke. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm so glad that you were here with us. Please join us again next time on another episode. And by the way, if you'd like to see all the pictures that we're going to post, go to our website. Yes, lifes3x5s.com. That's lifes, L-I-F-E-S, 3x5s.com. Check out the pictures on our episode. Feel free to buy us a coffee if you'd like to, too, because we can definitely use one to warm up. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that is so cool. Wow. That's a nice little angle. (laughs) Until the next time, I'm Liz Wilder. I'm Tim Larson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Liz Wilder and Tim Larson. If you'd like to offer a conversation topic suggestion or contribute to the tip jar in support of this podcast, visit lifes3x5s.com. In the meantime, watch our Facebook page for more reasons to join us at another remote location for more unscripted stories on Life's 3x5s.